bring us all together to worship you. And ask that you will be with Dan as he gives a message. And ask that his words will stick with us as we go throughout our lives for the rest of the week. And ask for all these things in your son's name. Amen. Amen. The Prince of Grenada, an heir to the Spanish throne, was sentenced to a life of solitary confinement. What that means is you're in jail and you are there for the rest of your life until you die. He was put there by the king because uh, when a new king would take over an heir to the throne, they would usually wipe him out. They would be killed or whatever. This guy, he just stuck him in, in prison for the rest of, rest of his life. Uh, he went to Madrid's ancient prison that is, is called the Place of the Skull. Now, it's not the same as the place where the cross was. This is just what, and it was called that because it was a disgusting, dirty place of just death. And everyone knew once you went to this prison, you would never come out alive. And they gave this man, when he went and they put him into solitary confinement, that means he's all by himself all the time, one book. Does anybody know what book they, they gave to him? The, the Bible. This is all that he had. And he lived there alone with the book for 33 years. Dude, we couldn't sit four hours, right? I mean, I'm saying we go nuts just... Just, you know, we're like, I'm so bored. 33 years, okay? After 33 years, he died. Kylie was sad about that. Um, He died. And so when they went into his jail cell, he had scratched with a nail on the wall some things. And this is sort of some, some things that he scratched on the wall. In the Bible, the word Lord is found 1,583 times. The word Jehovah is used 6,855 times. The word reverend is used once. In the book of Psalms, chapter 111 and verse 9. In Psalms 118.8 is the middle verse of the Bible. If you were to count them from that side to that side, that's the, the middle verse. Uh, Ezra 21, 7.21 contains all the, the letters of the alphabet except the letter J. The ninth verse of the eighth chapter of Esther is the longest verse in the Bible. And there are found in both books 3,538,483 letters, 773,693 words, 31,373 verses, 1,189 chapters, in 66 books. That was among some of the things that were found scratched on the wall of a cell. Um, there's a guy named Scott Udell who sort of wrote an article about this, and he noted the oddity of an individual who had spent 33 years of his life stu- st- studying what most, 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 most would say the most influential book ever written most impactful book, Um, and it seemed like he only gleaned trivia, some truth sort of about it, but not the essence and the meat of what was in the book. From all we know, he never made any religious or 
spiritual commitments to Christ. We don't know that he didn't. We don't know that he did. But he became an expert at Bible trivia. Now, if, if you're like me, I can't tell you for a fact that that story is a true story. I've read it. I've seen the sources, a few of them. And from what I can tell, it is a true story. Um, but it's a sad story. It's a very sad story. But just as equally stunning and sad is the fact that this kind of tri- trivial stuff ha- 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 happens every week in youth group, in small groups, in Sunday schools, in church, in FCA, where students or even adults are exposed to biblical truth and teaching week after week, month after month. And by the time they move out of the youth group, all they've gleaned is some trivia about the Bible and maybe some this or that about God and who God is. That's sad to me. We're doing a study we talked about this past week, and it's in the book of Mark. And it's basic, guys. This is basic stuff. And, and for some of you, there's sometimes I go, man, I almost feel bad. We're, we're doing this basic level. But can I t- t- tell you, this is so important for you to get. Last week, we, we, we talked about one thing is the key to Christianity. What was the one thing? Anybody remember from last week? The one thing. What's the key? This is the Sunday school answer. Jesus is the key. Christ is the key. You can't have Christianity without Christ. If you pull him out, everything is lost. Everything. So today, what we're talking about is identity, who Christ is. And in the book of Mark, who Mark writes and and, and writes and explains who Christ is. Because if he is the center of everything, we better know who he is and sort of, uh, in, in sort of, 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 of how he, he works and how he works in our life. Now, um, just one last note on that last story. It's so important. It's so important that we study the Bible. It's so important that you study the Bible. Who here read in, in Mark at least twice this week? Anybody? Good, guys. I've, that's good. If you didn't, I've got these cards. You may not have been here this past week. We're going through the book of Mark. We're hitting the eighth one is where we're at um, starting to, to, tomorrow. And uh, read through this. It is, if you really want to get stuff out of the edge and youth group, man, if you're reading in the Word about where we're going to be, it, it's going to be good for you. It's going to help this stuff come to life. So make sure you, you take the time. Um, we understand one thing about this book. It isn't a book that's nice. Uh, it's got nice ideas and, and, and stuff in it, but it's so much more than that. Uh, it's the Word of God intended to pierce the hardest of hearts. Pierces. It, 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 it wrecks lives in a good way. It gets where you're lost without hope, and it shows you a hope that you don't deserve at all. Uh, it, 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 when we are, are dirty and disgusting, it can cleanse you of all your sins. It's, it's an amazing book that is so much full of life. I don't want you to miss out on it. We're going to be in the book of Mark. Who wrote the book of Mark? Mark. Mark, Mark was a big guy? No. He wasn't a big guy from what we can tell. He was a, a backstage. And so whose account do we think Mark sort of wrote this book from? Peter. Peter. He was close to Peter, especially at the end of, of Peter's life. And he had heard him 
talk over and over about it. Now, why is it important for us to know who Christ is? Whether we're a believer in Christ or an unbeliever, a non-believer in Christ. Um, and this is it, because if, if you're a non-believer in Christ, my hope is in anything we share here at this church among your friends, my hope is this, that God will speak to you about his love for you and his plan for you, that he will reveal to you your need for him, uh, and that can only be fixed and found through G G G G Jesus Christ. Um, for the one who believes, why is it important for us to know who Jesus is? Because that dictates everything that we do. If, if we know who Jesus is, it should dictate everything we do, the decisions that we make, the way that we walk, the way that we treat our friends, what we speak and say, what we watch, how we respond to mom and dad when we're having a bad day. It should affect everything we do. There's a video that goes with, with, with this series. I'm just going to use two small bits of it. I'm going to sort of teach the rest of it. Um, so let, let's just jump into this, this video, and then we're going to jump into the book of Mark chapter 2 real quick. It's just a two-minute long video clip here. A commotion spreads around the offices of the Daily Global newspaper as the geeky reporter walks in unnoticed. Taking his seat at his desk, he cannot help but overhear the excited assembly talking of the man who can bend steel with his bare hands, who can run faster than a speeding bullet, who can fly. As he knocks over a coffee cup, sending it crashing to the office floor, an assistant editor mumbles, You clumsy idiot. Meanwhile, the true center of attention is one attractive, confident female reporter who gushes to her colleagues about the beautiful superhero who saved her from certain death. The geek walks past, coffee spilled down his front. She flashes him a dirty look as she returns to her office to write up the story. Time and time again, Superheroes stand among their adoring fans and go totally unnoticed. Sometimes all it takes is a pair of glasses. The staff of the Daily Global newspaper simply don't realize that the geeky reporter really is the superhero. And for those of us who know, they look pretty dumb. They don't get his identity right. When Mark writes his gospel, he wants us to identify Jesus straight away. Mark says that Jesus is the Christ. Now, Christ isn't Jesus' surname. It's his title, like president or prime minister. The Christ was the chosen one of God, the Messiah, God's promised king. Mark wants his readers to understand that Jesus is more than just a man. He wants them to know that Jesus is God. To do this, he provides masses of evidence. Mm -hmm. 
right, that's all from, from that. Masses of evidence. Okay, now just let you know, I put these things on. I'm still me, still me. I'm not a superhero guy. You know what I'm saying? It's, don't freak out. <clears throat> so I don't want to get scared. We're going to read in the book of Mark, chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. And um, that's sort of our main text, but then we're going to, I'm going to sort of explain a few more because I want you to see how Mark describes who G- G- Jesus Christ Christ is because what he says in in chap 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 chapter two verses one through twelve is um is huge okay it's not just big it's 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 pit 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 pivotal to our faith so if you can turn there with me and stand up with me as we read it I think we've got it on the screens here and we're going to read God's word together and stand out stand up um, just as we do in church out of respect for His word. And I will need these glasses back on. So, chapter 2, verse 1. And when he returned to Capernaum after some days, it was reported that he was at home. And many were gathered together so that there was no more room, not even at the door. And he was preaching the word to them. And they came bringing to him a paralytic carried by four men. And when they could not get near him because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him. And when they had made an, an opening, they laid down the bed on which the paralytic lay. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now some of the scribes were, were sitting there questioning in their hearts, Why does this man speak like that? He is blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God God alone and immediately Jesus perceiving in his spirit that that uh, they thus questioned within themselves said to them why do you question these things in your hearts which is easier to say to the par- par- paralytic your sins are for- forgiven or to say rise up or rise take up your bed and walk but that you may know that the son of man has a th- authority on earth to forgive sins he said to the par- paralytic, I say to you, rise, pick up your bed and go home. And he rose and immediately picked up his bed and went out before them all so that they were all amazed and glorified God saying, we never saw anything like this. Let's pray one more time together. Dear God, we thank you so much for your holy and perfect word. Uh, And Lord, I just ask that you use your word to speak to us and to, um, ingrain in our hearts who you are and lord give us the strength and 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 courage to follow wherever you lead um no matter how many more go with us may we go with you in jesus name we pray amen have a seat okay so we see that jesus is is sort of back back home and uh he's at this place that who was here on the youth camp video night, right? It was pretty packed in here. We had 136 in here. Uh, and capacity is 139, they say. Uh, but we could have actually squeezed in more. We could have put in, in the aisles. We could have probably done 40 more or, or, or so in here. And it would have been jam-packed. And it would have stunk worse than it did. Not that y'all stink. Um, but that would have, in fact, he's in a house where he's, teaching the word okay and he's teaching the word is the, the truth of god that's what 
the, the word of life is teaching the word of God, okay, to the crowd, and it's packed out. And there's four men and a friend. It says, we see in the story in verse 3, and they, they, and they came, bringing to him a paralytic carried by four men. And when they could not get near him, the house is packed. They've got their friend. And there's one very important, and we could preach on this story. There's a lot of ways to go, but I'm really going to, I'm keying in on who Jesus is. But I want you to see one thing about these four friends and this guy that is being carried on the mat. They are desperate to get to Jesus. There's no doubt about it. They've got their friend. Their friend cannot walk. We don't know how paralyzed he is, but he is, he, 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 he's, Evidently, it seems like he's been that way for quite a while. And these friends are going, man, we've heard that he can heal and he can change your life. We've got to get you near him. They see it, and there's an obstacle that's in their way. They cannot get through the crowd. There's no hope, but they're desperate for him. And can I tell you, everybody that ever comes to Jesus has to be desperate for him at some point. If you're not desperate for him, I don't know if you really understand your great need for him. But they knew this guy is never going to walk again. There's no hope for his life unless we can get him to Jesus. And this is what I hope in my life, and I pray this in my life, that I, I will have friends around me that are desperate for Jesus, that when I won't get there on my own, they will help me get there. We need that more than we would like to admit. Sometimes we're not ready. We don't want to go to him because, man, I'm just not ready. But that's the time you most need to go to him. So friendships are huge. That's a whole other thing. That, that was free, too. Um, so they're desperate for him. What they do is they see no way to get to him. So they go on the roof. They start to dig this thatched mud tar, not tar, but just mud roof, and they dig a hole. Guys are down in the house. Probably parts of the roof are falling down in on them. They're like, hey, hey, dude. Idiots! You know, they're mad. And they lower, they make the hole big enough to lower their friend to Jesus. Dude, they're de- desperate to get to him. And this is what, what occurs in, in this. And this tells us a little bit of who Jesus is. And it says that, and when Jesus saw their faith, they lowered this buddy down. And he can see these guys in need of help. This is what he says. Son, your sins are forgiven. He says, son, your sins are forgiven. This is a pivotal statement for our faith. Okay, this is when all of a sudden Jesus has just announced that he's greater than any prophet that's ever walked the earth. Because a, a, a prophet cannot forgive your sins. L- let me ask you this. If I were to walk over here, y'all can t- turn around and watch. And I were to slap Scott, right? Bam! I mean, just knock his glasses off, blood everywhere. And then I'd go, Mike, man, will you forgive me for, for slapping Scott? No, no. See, but can Mike for, forgive me for that? Did, did I wrong Mike? Did I wrong Scott? I would have to go to Scott to ask for his forgiveness, because it wouldn't count. That, that, that's false. So, when your sins have been, when he says your sins have been forgiven, who do we sin against most? God. Whoa. Jesus just said your sins are forgiven. 
do you understand that he's just announced that, that he, he and God are one? Now, you see the crowd, the scribes are going, whoa, 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 whoa. And they don't even say it out loud. It says they think it in their hearts. And Jesus, I would stay away from that word, but I can't. No, I can't stay away from Isaac. He, um, I wish I had the power that he had because, you know, if you thought something, I'd be like, oh, boom, because he calls them out on it. They think it, and he says, hey, you know, you, you think this in your heart. Why do you question these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say, and then he, he goes on to, to forgive the sins or to say, rise up and walk. And then he, he does this. He says, just to, just to help proof to y'all, he goes, hey, man, rise up, take up your mat and, and go, walk. He forgives his sins, and then he, he heals the man. Man, can I tell you that, um, number one, G- G- Jesus, who is he? He is the one who has the power to forgive sins. Huge, huge. And he's got the, the power, can I tell you this as well, to forgive your sin. What you're thinking right now, going, man, I really don't know if he can forgive. You don't know what I've done. He has the power to forgive sins. And then he doesn't only have that power, but he also has the, the, the pow, power to heal. Okay? And I, he heals phys, 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 physically, emotionally, and spirit, 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 spiritually. God, Jesus, has the power to heal. When he did this, it says that they were amazed, and then it says this next statement, and they glorified God. You know, the, the point of why God heals, I don't think, is to make your life better. We go, well, why does God heal there, there and not heal here and do that? The point is that it says that they were amazed and they glorified. It's for God's glory. It's not for you to have a better day. We should live our lives because the creator God deserves our praise, and he deserves all glory and honor and praise. And whatever we can do in our life to give that to him, that's what we are created for, and that's where we operate the best. Now, I want to jump to a story here because that's, that's in, in, in Mark 2. Okay, We see that he forgives sin, huge deal. He heals, huge deal. And we see throughout the Gospels, he heals, he heals, he heals. Now, in Mark um, 4... Verse 35, we might have them on the, on, on the screen. I'm just going to sort of paraphrase this, this story. It says, on that day, evening had come, and they went out into the boat, and they left the crowd. Verse 37 says, a great windstorm rose up, and the waves broke into the boat, so the boat was beginning to fill up. Now, these are apostles, are, 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 are weathered fishermen that are in the boat. That's, that was a lot of their livelihood they've been in this boat for their whole lives and they are in this boat now and they are scared to death so the boats begin to fill up with water it's a bad storm and so they look at him in verse 38 and saw that jesus was in the stern of the boat asleep on a a cushion now they are freaked out would you be freaked out if you're in a boat about to sink right and 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 jesus it's just sleeping in the boat. I'd call him a bum, but I, you know, that's what they probably thought. What's wrong? Dude, what's wrong? And this is what they said. Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? 
Have you ever felt that as you've tried to live out your faith and things haven't worked out? It's been a bad day and you go, man, do you even care? And it says right here that he wakes up and it says he rebukes the wind and the sea. Peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. He rebukes. You know, all he does is he wakes up. Hey, ah, ah, ah. That's what I say to my dog when he's like getting, you know, about to pee on or poop on the floor. Ah, ah, ah. Hey, stop it. That's what. All he does is go, ah, and the wind and the sea. I know. That's what I thought too. Right? And then he said to him, why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? It says they were filled with fear at that point. He rebuked. I just want to see this. He rebukes the wind and sea, and then he re- rebukes their lack of faith. And we do the same thing. It just, I just explained. Man, it doesn't go our way. Man, all of a sudden, it feels like I don't know if I can make it, and we, we lose faith. And God says, hey, I am still here. Jesus has the power to forgive. He has the power to heal. He has power over nature. And this is what this tells me. In this life, everything I faith, God is in control. Do you understand that? He is in, he calmed the wind and the sea when they thought they were going to die and drown. He, he's in control. Man, Lord, help me to live like I really believe he's in control. In chapter 5, he goes to a place where there's a man possessed by a demon uh, or demons. And he's, he's been cutting himself. He's naked. He's disgusting. He's like an animal and just, just lives out in the, in the, in the uh, wild. And he's, he's mean, beats up folks and, and just just a freak. And when the demon guy saw Jesus from afar, in verse 5, verse 6, it says he fell down before him, crying out with a loud voice. He said, what have you to do with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? It's scary to me that many people in the Christian church don't acknowledge Jesus as son of the most high God as the demons do. The the the, the demons have it right a lot more than a lot of folks in churches today. They know who he is. I don't know if, if, if you know, I worry about it. And, and so he begs him, uh, do not tor- torment me. This is what the demon says. And he, he says for him, come out of the man, you unclean spirit. And Jesus asked him at that point, what is your name? He says, my name is Legion, for we are, are many. And they, they beg him to be sent out into pigs. And the pigs end up running off a cliff and killing themselves. And there's a big stink about the folks who live there because they're mad because their pigs have all died. Uh, but the man with the unclean spirit came out of um, was healed. Was all of a sudden not a wild man anymore. Jesus has power to forgive sin. He's got power to heal. He has got the power over the wind and the rain. Uh, He's in control, and he's also got the power over demons. And you know what? 
Um, we get scared of a lot of things in this world. And there's a lot of things that, that I think are demonic that are in this world. And it's darkness. And you see it and you just shudder and shake. But do we, we cannot lose sight that Jesus is the light of the world. And the, the, the darkness will never overcome the light. The light will always overcome darkness. He is greater. When, when, when it, it, things don't look your way, life is not going well, it doesn't seem fair, Jesus is greater. He's greater. He's bigger. He's in control. In verse 5, uh, in chapter 5, it, it goes on about the story of Jer- Jarius who is the ruler of a, syn- a, syn- a synagogue there. And uh, his, his da- daughter is sick and dying. So he says, will you come and, and, and heal my, my da- daughter? We're not at that point yet, but we'll be there in a second. It's okay. You're good. And he says, will you heal? And he says, yes. So he begins to walk that way. And in, in the midst of the crowd, a woman is, has, who has bled for 12 years and, and been, been, been sick, she just goes, if I can just touch his garment, I will be healed. And she does, and she's healed. And he, he, he feels the power go on, and he talk, talks to her. In that time frame, someone else from the ha- household comes and says, Jarius, do not b- b- bother him anymore. Your daughter is dead. And she, Jesus says, no, we're still going to go there. And he goes there, and they're grieving, they're mourning, they're, they're upset. And he says, why are you crying? They're only, she's only asleep. It says that they laugh at him. And he sends everybody out of the room except for Peter, James, and John, and Jarius. And they're in the room, and he says these words to her. And this is what he says in the, the scripture. He says, why are you, you making a commotion and weeping? The child is not dead, but sleeping. And they laughed at him, but, but he put them all outside and took the child's father and mother and those who were were with him and went in where the child was. Taking her by the hand, he said to her, Talitha Kumai, which means, little girl, I say to you, arise. And immediately the girl got up and began to walk. For she was 12 years of age, and they were immediately overcome with amazement. Jesus has power over death. Who is Jesus? He's the one who has power over death. Over death, He's the one that forgives sins. He's the one that heals. He is the one that is in control. He is the one who is greater. Mark paints this in such a beautiful way of who he was. And if we believe Jesus is those five things, we're different. We're living different than the rest of the world. We are when it's, it's a rough time, I'm going to keep my head up. And I'm going to push forward. Even when I want to bite someone's head off, I'm going to love them. When they at, uh, attack me, I'm going to give them grace. Why do I do that? Because I want to glorify God. Why? Because Jesus deserves it. Why? Because he, he forgives sin. He heals. He has all control. He is greater than, and he overcomes death. And that overcome, that gives me hope as a Believer, there's so many in this world that don't have hope when death comes. Death is the end. And can I tell you to the believer in Christ, death is not the end. It's where, where it takes off. It's where we really start to live. Now, I don't want you to die because God's got a great plan for you here, a plan and a purpose for your life. 
But man, we have got to get these things. So the, 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 the question ends with this. If we believe that Jesus is who Mark says he is, and in Jesus' words, he says he is, we will live different than the world. And when it's tough, when we are tired, he is greater. He is in control. He has got a plan. Do not lose heart. He has overcome the world. Let's pray together. So we're going to end tonight. <clears throat> Dear God, I thank you so much for t- t- tonight, the chance for us to be here. And Lord, I, I just want to um, do a little invitation for tonight uh, and just ask uh, if you're in this room and uh, you just go, man, I just need, I believe that Jesus is Lord. I believe he is who you, you, you sort of shared and what the word of God says that he is. But man, there's some spots in my life I just need to give to him and I just need someone to pray for me tonight. I feel alone in this uh, and uh, I just need to be reminded that God is bigger and that God is in c- control of all things. If that's you, you just, just want someone just to pray for you, I'm just going to ask you to raise your head, meet eyes with me, and you can put your head right back down. Okay, I got you. Just meet eyes with me and put your head right back down. Okay? Okay? If I, I missed you, raise up your hand, please. Okay, I got you. I got you in the back. I, I got you. Isaac. All right, let me pray for you. Dear God, I thank you so much for those that looked up and said, man, I believe it, but, but it's so hard, and I understand it's hard, but God, you are so great. You are so worth the fight. You are so worth the struggle that we have, and Lord, just, just give us the strength and courage to run after you with everything that we have. And God, may we um, read this book of Mark um, and, and read it more than once just to understand you and your plan for us. And uh, I thank you that you forgive our sins uh, and you grant grace when we don't deserve it. Uh, In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, that's all we got for tonight. Uh, A little bit abrupt there at the end to end it, but we run out of time. So peace out.